Thanks for being here, and uh, there'll be many joining us online in just any minute, but uh, let's just prepare our heart to worship. Go for him. Seek him. You know, he likes to be pursued. Yeah. He said, seek me, and you'll find me. Knock, and the, ask, keep asking. Knock, and the door will be open. So, Lord, we just come to seek, knock, ask, to draw near. You promised that if we draw near to you, you would draw near to us. And we need your nearness, we need your presence, your manifest presence. Lord, we thank you that we come with expectancy and you're going to meet with us, Lord. And I thank you, that'll be the, the testimony of this day. That's our desires that we met with you, that Jesus was lifted up and he, his kingdom was made known in a deeper, greater fashion this morning. We just honor you. We honor you, Jesus. We're here to honor you above all. And we just set our heart to seek your face. Thank you for the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus, the keeping power of that sacrifice once and for all. And so we enter into your gates with thanksgiving, your courts with praise. Thank you, you made us worthy to come before you. It's your righteousness that we stand in, clothed in. Lord, everyone that's come this way today, Lord, those that would watch online, Lord, meet with them. Show yourself strong. Lord, do what only you can do. Be made famous this day here. That's our prayer, Lord. We're so desperate, Lord. And we trust you completely in Jesus' strong name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Let's stand. Worship. You're free to come around the altar. spoke a word you were singing over me you had been so so good to me before I took a breath you breathed your life in me you have been so so kind to me Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me, yes you were. You had been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, 
you breathed your life in me. You have been so, so kind to me. Now I couldn't earn it, now I don't deserve it Still you give yourself away Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God And I couldn't earn it, and I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Yeah, yeah. When I was your foe, still your love fought for me. You had been so, so good to me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. Thank you, thank you. You have been so, so kind to me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, bites till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it, and I don't deserve it. Still you give yourself away Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found Nine, I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. No shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me. No wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. No shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. 
No shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. <laughs> no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. No wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. No shadow, yeah. No shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. No wall, no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. love of God Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found leaves the 99 I couldn't earn it, and I don't deserve it, still you give yourself away Oh, the overwhelming never ending, reckless love of God love of God Oh, it chases me down Fights till I'm found Leaves the 99 And I couldn't earn it And I don't deserve it Still you give yourself away Oh, the overwhelming Never-ending Reckless love Father, we're so grateful for your magnificent love. We are, God. We're so grateful for your unending, unconditional, magnificent love of God. And in this place today, we set you as first. We set you as the one that we worship. You, the one that we adore. You're the one that we exalt. You're the worthy one. We're here to worship you and magnify you in every way. Yes, God.
unto the Lamb Blessing and honor and power and glory to you Forever and ever and ever and ever, Amen The heavens declare The heavens declare the glory of the King. The song rings out through the universe as all creation sings. Glory to God in the highest and peace beyond the
Shout. Hallelujah. The heavens declare. The heavens declare. We declare. And the glory of our King. Yeah, just lift up your worship to Him this morning. Yeah, yeah. Just lift up your worship to the High King. We worship you. Be magnified, oh God, be magnified, yeah. Uh, yesterday I had a chance to, and this is the second Saturday, to speak on radio, Grace Radio, over the nation of Uganda. Uh, we, and I told, I did not look for this. I was invited, I thought it was just, you know, you don't know what it was. But it really went all over the nation, and then after... We shared the gospel the last 20 minutes, just call after call, people receiving Jesus and miracles and things happening. And you know, just sitting over there thinking, you know, the harvest is not coming. The harvest is here. This is it. We don't know. We cast these nets out over the internet and uh, God's doing some amazing things. There are also some great challenges. Our friend in Hong Kong, they're finding there's a greater government tyranny, and uh, we see things happening. Kenya's back in lockdown. Uganda's back in lockdown. And there are many, the nations are in great distress. It's almost like what Jesus said. There would be great distress with perplexity. The seas roaring, and all these things going on. And yet God has us right in the midst of it. And he's chosen us. Say, I'm chosen. So I want to take a few moments and then turn it over to these guys. But I want to pray this over you. Look with me in Proverbs chapter 24. And there's a scripture that's meant a lot to me over the years. And I'm going to quickly do it, and I mean that. And then pray this. And, um, and then we, we have to take care of family things. But it's a great time to be alive. Convince yourself of that. Look at yourself and say, it's a great time to be alive. It's the best time. It is the best time. You could have been born a hundred years ago. Maybe some of you were. I don't know, but no. You know. But anyway, this is the scripture. Proverbs 24, verse 16. For the, a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. Say rise again. But the wicked shall fall by calamity. And I just wanted just to speak this over you because you have to look at it in the context. And in verse 15, we see what this is all about. Because I've prayed this many times. This has encouraged me. How many of you, that scripture has encouraged you? The righteous, they stumble, they fall seven times, but they rise again. We keep getting up. But the context is, verse 15, do not lie in wait, O wicked man. 
against the dwelling of the righteous. Do not plunder his resting place. And what it's about is the Lord is addressing the problem the righteous are having with the wicked. Did you hear that? God is addressing the problem the righteous are having with the wicked. And so there's just some things I saw in this chapter. And more than addressing the problem, the Lord's addressing the righteous. If there's ever been an hour to live, you know, righteousness is, I mean, it's, there's imputed righteousness. We, we become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But righteousness is not just the state of what we've received. It's what we're to do. Revelation 22, let the wicked be wicked still. You don't have to convince them. And the unjust and the wicked, but let the righteous be righteous still. And our righteousness must exceed the level of wickedness that rises as rising on the earth. Does that make sense? Righteousness is stronger than wickedness. Way stronger. Doesn't even compare. And then in Revelation 19:8, at the time he said his wife has made herself ready, and they're getting ready for the marriage supper of the Lamb. It speaks about the righteous acts of the saints. Remember that? You know, there's the acts of the apostles. Can I announce to you, we're about to see the righteous acts of the saints on planet earth. I don't know if they'll have time to write a book about it. Maybe in heaven. But many of you are going to be in that book if there is a book being written. But it's the righteous acts of the saints. And that's who we are. The kingdom of God is three things. What? Peace, righteousness, and joy. It's peace in the midst of war. It would not be worth much if it's peace and without conflict. And so get ready for the conflict and you'll see the peace. Righteousness in the midst of gross wickedness and joy in the midst of great sorrow. So we have to keep that in mind. The next thing, even the righteous in this life can fall. How many of you have fallen at least once or twice or three or four or five or seven, but they rise again? You know, Daniel talks about when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered. We may know a little bit about what that means in the coming days. But anyway, your failures will lead to three places. Your tombstone, if you choose, or they'll be what? Stepping stones, right? To your tomorrow. One or the other, you have to make a choice. Because the righteous fall seven times. But they rise again. Say they rise again. They rise seven times. They rise again over and over. Remember, you know, this is what I want to mention. You know, Romans 8, 28. We know all things work together. Forgetting that they love God and are called according to his purpose, right? Shirley was reminding me. She reminds me of stuff often. And it's the right timing. Corey Ten Boom. In the midst of the German concentration camp. They were attacked by fleas in their barracks, whatever you would call. Anyway, they slept on hay, whatever it was. Fleas got in the bedding and would bite them all night. It was horrible. How many of you would like fleas biting all night? And it was horrible. And they started to complain. But they realized the guard, it was so bad the guards would not enter that part through those doors into that part of their barracks, wherever they were, because of the fleas. So you know what that gave them opportunity to do? Have Bible study, pray, minister, pray for one another. They prayed, started, they started having church 
in a concentration camp. And they realized God sent the fleas. And they were thankful for the fleas. We're going to have to be thankful for the fleas. All things work together for good to them that love God and are called according. And then the wicked shall fall by calamity. That's the rest of that scripture. The wicked shall fall by calamity. Look in verse 19 and 20. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the wicked, for there will be no prospect for the evil man. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. Now, we could really go into that, but I won't. Another thing is there's a warning to you and me in this hour. Verse 17 and 18. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls. Do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles, lest the Lord see it and it displease him. He'll be displeased with you, and he turn away his wrath from him. So in other words, until he takes us, which there's a lot going to happen before that. We're here to somehow impact even the wicked. Does that make sense? Is it not his will that none should perish? We're going to have great opportunities in this hour to share with the wicked the hope that you and I have. Are you ready? This is how I'm going to close it. I'm going to bless Becky. Becky, we got a lot going on, but you're going to release the children. But amazing uh, vacation Bible school this week or last week two kids got saved it was pretty cool so we are really blessed and uh, thank you Becky for leading our children but I want to end my little part up and then we're going to turn it over to Richard we'll receive the offering but um, remember what Paul said he said I'm a debtor remember that who, who was he a debtor to well part of them were the barbarians you look up what that means. But he was a debtor. We're indebted to those that right now are opposed to everything we stand for, which is much of America. We are living in the midst of a people that have a total different mindset of what is right and wrong. What, to them, what is right is wrong, and what is wrong is right. And yet we're still debtors. And then he went on and he said, I'm ready how many of you are ready? You have to read the rest of the story. He said, I'm ready to go to Rome. What happened to Paul in Rome? He was beheaded. That's what tradition, I know there are many say, some, but it could have been during Nero. But it's where he was persecuted and eventually died. And then he, we're not to be ashamed. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. You and I are going to have an opportunity to prove whether we were ashamed or we're not. And I pray that you will be one that will say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God. So anyway, I want to pray that over you. Because the righteous fall seven times, but they rise again. And if you've fallen, I have a word from you. Get up. Get up. The blood of Jesus. You confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. The blood is enough. The blood of Jesus is enough. I ain't going to roll up my sleeve. The blood of Jesus is enough. You better hear God on that one too. 
You better do nothing except that you're told what to do by the Spirit in this hour. I'm just telling you. These are going to be the most fascinating days in history. Oh, man. I'm glad you're preaching today. I'm going to pray. Anyway, I get to take a little sabbatical. I don't even need it, but yes, we do. We do. You do. We do. You need that stuff. Rest because we're, we're going to have to run like we've never run before. Lord, I pray for everyone in this room and everyone watching. In the name of Jesus, I speak Proverbs 24 over them. I pray, Lord, that though the righteous stumble, though they fall seven times over and over again, they will rise again. And I thank you, God, you're going to address the issue of the wicked. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. But until that day, God, we pray that we could shine brighter than we've ever shown that we would be as your son, the light of the world in the midst of gross darkness. Get us ready, God. You've been getting us ready. We're ready to go to Rome. We're ready for the will of God. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And God, I pray for strength and grace and courage and hope for everyone in this room and those that are watching. Lord, let it be a time of rest, but let it be a time of refirement for the days that we've walked into and you've summoned us to. And I thank you for this family, Lord. Thank you for an amazing family. I feel like we just started. And we have. There's a fresh wind blowing. Fresh wind in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. We'll take a little bit of time now and just kind of give you some of the things that God's rolling in us that we feel like He wants to give to you. And one of those, and David and I were talking a little bit about it this morning, is that in Daniel chapter 7, because we were having the dialogue, that the enemy just tries his best to wear us out. And in Daniel chapter 7, around 25 or so, we won't go there, there's this dialogue, Daniel is getting a download from God, and it's about, you know, the nations and what's going on in the nations, and he makes reference to a little horn. And in that it says that then the words that come forth from this enemy of God are going to do everything to continue blaspheming mighty God, continue speaking against mighty God, and then from that he's going to do everything he can with his words to wear out the saints. So it's a, it's a battle strategy of the enemy, and he's been doing it a long time, and so he knows how to do it. And all of, I mean, right now we're living in a time where words sounds, frequencies that, that show itself and manifest itself, some, sometimes in hostility, sometimes in hatred, sometimes in all different ways, and those words are coming at us. We hear them. You, you hear them whether you even cut the news on or not. And if you're watching the news, then you're being bombarded. And so those words come in it like a flood, and in this hour, we're finding way too many Christians, lovers of God, that are just worn out and tired. And that's a strategy of the enemy. And scripture says, hey, don't grow weary. Don't grow weary. It talks about a place of perseverance, a place of endurance, and watching to see what God is going to do. 
One other point, clarify all those things then that we call enemies. Those are enemies of God, first and foremost. We want to personalize them and make them enemies of ours and think that we're going to get in the ring with those enemies and some way we're going to win. The devil wants to do that. Listen, there are God's enemies. And then we get to partner with God because he's defeated every one of his enemies. And so now we get to partner with God in fully destroying and annihilating their ability to manifest. Feel the difference? So even death itself is an enemy of God. Don't take it as your enemy because then the enemy, the devil himself, will use his words to try to pull you in and trap you in what has to do with death, what has to do with fate, what has to do with those things. And God says, no, it's my enemies. And what he says, he says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Vengeance is his, saith the Lord. And he read that passage today and it's clear that the vengeance of what is going on is going to be with God. The beauty of, of what I love about where we are right now, and it's all over the globe, is that the gray area has gone away. There's no more gray area. We, do you understand? We have, we have lived in a false peace because we didn't really see what was really going on. And we thought everything was okay, and everything hasn't been okay. And now God's shining so bright, His light, that there's a revealing of everything that needs to be revealed. And therefore, you get to see. You get to see what is darkness and what is light. And then whenever God decides that He's going to pull the trigger on that which has to do with a manifestation of His justice, then you're going to recognize exactly what He's doing. And the other point is, we're never going to return evil with evil. No matter what we see. We're, we, we as a people of God, we're not going to return evil with evil. We're going to turn evil within the substance of heaven into the midst of evil. No matter what it is. So if that means there's great um, fear we're going to release blood-covered, perfect love. We're not going to get caught up in the fear. We're not going to get caught up in the dialogue of fear. We're going to get caught up in the language of heaven, which is a language of love. And then, therefore, we're going to release into the midst of that the substance of perfect love. Are you hearing me? Say yes, sir. Okay, good. So now we can move on. All right. Where you want to go, sweetheart? I was going to ask you. You're going to ask me that. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to look at Romans chapter 8 for a minute. All right, so that's where we're going to land. And got to love Romans 6, 7, and 8, such powerful chapters. But we're going to jump in around verse 9. And we're just going to share some things from our heart with you. That, that are in here and even what has to do with this war of words that are constantly coming at us, okay? So I'll read Romans 8, starting with verse 9. We're reading out of the Passion Translation, and we, we just opened this up the other day, and, and it takes Romans to a whole other level. So if you don't have the Passion, just listen in, because I know how it is. You're trying to decipher in your translation, but listen to these powerful words. But when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh, but by the Spirit. 
And if you are not joined to the spirit of the anointed one, you are not of him. Now Christ lives his life in you, and even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, his life-giving spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God. Yes, God raised Jesus to life, and since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, he will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. So then, beloved ones, the flesh has no claims on us at all, and we have no further obligation to live in obedience to it. For when you live controlled by the flesh, you are about to die. But if the life of the Spirit puts to death the corrupt ways of the flesh, we then taste his abundant life. So let's give a little bit of definition that may be a little bit different in terms of to the flesh. Because we talk about flesh, we talk about sinful nature, we'll talk about carnality, all those kinds of things. But if we take it in terms of even what's being said here, even back to the first part of Romans chapter 8, because there's this whole dialogue between, that he's, Paul's bringing out between that which is flesh and that which is spirit. <clears throat> and then even in terms of how do you and relationship with God deal with those kinds of things. Simplify. Flesh is a war of words. Your flesh is a war of words, and coming forth then from that place, those words that are being spoken are always going to be lies. They're never going to be truth. You, you know how the enemy works. When he comes to you and he begins speaking, he won't even, he'll, he'll make it feel like it's an I. He'll make it feel like it's you every time. And he'll pull, he'll pull from the past. And so he'll bring up memories. He'll bring up things that go through in, into your mind. You hear those things. And then it says, take every thought captive. So you've got to recognize, no, this is a lie and this is truth. So there's that constant war going on. So we're going to write a book together sometime that says, dead men still speak. Because you know it's true. If you, my father died in 1997. I can still hear his voice, but I heard his voice a lot for the first 22 years of my life. So I heard that voice. Now, nothing wrong in terms of, you know, wherever my dad was speaking truth, then fine. That part of his voice was fine, but I, st but I still hear it. I don't hear it near as much now as I did. Now, if you take it in terms of your past life, then you have absolutely been co-crucified with him co-buried with him that means you're dead you're dead and everything about the one that went in the grave is dead and any time the enemy wants to bring something up from the dead he stinketh he, he stinketh but you hear those voices you hear the voices of the dead man the past the past and the enemy is a master at that, and he will work to try to wear you out with those things. I remember when I was a whole lot younger, and I was a youth pastor, and had my time with the Lord. And in my time with the Lord, I'm, I'm hearing the, the voice of God. I'm hearing Holy Spirit. And then I come right out of my house, get in my car, start to back up, and in an instant that quick... The, this voice is coming to me that is personalizing that it is me and making me feel like it's absolute truth about me. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm schizophrenic. 
I must be schizophrenic, or I'm believing the thing that, well, part of me belongs to God, and the other part still belongs to the enemy. And then all of a sudden I realize that's an absolute lie. Those things that the enemy's trying to wear me out with are an absolute lie. I recognize those things. I will not believe them. I tell them to shut up. They're fired. You are fired. Get out of here. Now, it is so important that we as the people of God are able to hear the voice of God, recognize the voice of God, walk according to the voice of God, speak according to the voice of God, see according to the voice of God, the character of God, so that with all the words that are going on around us, and that is not going to lessen, that is going to intensify. Did you just hear me? Darkness is very, very, very nervous. Yeah, you like it being nervous. It's nervous. The enemies of God are very agitated, and they are barking. And they will bark and try to pull you in. If we can pull how this works even in our everyday life, for some of you, perhaps you were married before and you're in a new marriage. Uh, you may have been married for a long time to this person, but had a bad experience in the past. Those voices of accusation, of covenant breaking, those things that went on can still echo in the back. The thing is, you're not in that relationship anymore. But how the enemy will pull people back into that and will be the filter in how they re relate to their new spouse or how they relate to anyone that tries to come into close contact with them and become a friend to them. We, we let those voices from the past be the dictation of what's coming in our future. And it's an illusion. It's a total illusion. Some of you have bought the line. You bought that line from him. You, you have taken that hook, you've bit it, and you, you are on his reel right now. And he is saying, you know, I, I've got you. And the truth is, it's a lie. It's an illusion. Same goes with perhaps you were in a church before and that there was a church split that took place and you got hurt and wounded by that and you carry that into even coming in here week after week and you're still waiting for the shoe to drop because you're still hearing the echo of the past. You're still looking behind you. I shared Friday night about how when we were driving from our Florida home to here Wednesday, how I was looking at the passenger window and it said, objects appear closer than they actually are, or something along that line. And, and the whole thing was about the perception as we look in that mirror, and really it's a look behind. And those things don't exist anymore. This is the war of words that's going on. The enemy is constantly going, you know, remember when you failed that test? Remember when you didn't get that job? But that was so far behind, and the Lord says, I've forgotten. I've forgotten those things. He's an eternal God, but he's in the now moment, and your past does not exist. Now, for some of you, that should set you free this morning. And if, if it hasn't or isn't at this moment, then when you find yourself over the next few weeks having those thoughts where you're hearing those dead men speaking, that you learn to take those thoughts captive and go, wait, this doesn't belong here anymore. It doesn't exist. You are free to move about into your future. Uh, You're not stuck according to your past. Be free. Be free. I mean, it talks here that you're fully accepted. Yeah. Fully accepted. 
And it's not based on who you were. It's not even based on what you do. You're fully accepted. Is that not what it says? You, you've been adopted. You are fully belonged to the Father. So any voice that would come that has to do with rejection, that has to do with being an orphan, that has to do with being isolated, that has to do with not being important, every one of those things are lies. And so what's truth is you carry then the mantle of a fully adopted son. And so as one who's been fully accepted, then that's what you say, nope, nope, that's not true, that's not true, this is what's true, I'm going to pronounce what is true. And if you can hear when she says the past doesn't exist... That really, Ian, if you, if you understand the power of the relationship that, that God wants to have us with right now, is God is a now God. I understand He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, but God is a now God. If God's a now God, then what God's speaking about and He's interested about is right now. He said, now's the day of salvation. Now's the day of healing. Now's the day of your miracle. Now is the time that God's doing something. And so then when you grab hold of that, that that means every day, everything shifts. Okay, there's new mercies every morning. That means they're absolutely brand new, not connected with yesterday, and not even about tomorrow, about right now. So why would we have to wake up every day with new mercies? Because God is a right now God. And so then whatever took place yesterday, if I, if I messed up, you know, whatever, I, I fail, like he said, I, I fail from that place, I stumbled and fail. Well, guess what? Today's a brand new day. And in that brand new day, and if I, if I need to confess it, there's power in that. I, I love the power of confession. We, we could go on a long time there, we just won't. I mean, the, the, confession and repentance is a gift to you. Yeah. Yeah. Say that again. Confession and repentance are a gift to you. They are not a work for you to do. They are a gift to you. Have you ever tried to repent when there was no grace and no wind upon it? And then you're just going to dig deeper? Well, surely I've got to stay down and, and hit a little more. You know, boom, boom. Those things are gifts from God. Grace is upon it. And when it comes, you just fall in line with what, the substance of what God's doing. And, and because it's fully yours. Is there never a time that those things aren't fully yours? They, they are. They're always yours. And so it's a matter of watching, walking, and, and watching God do that. So I'm going to continue in Romans 8 and start with, where did I leave off? Oh, no, here. I read that part already. Yep. I was up here. Yeah, you did. You're right there. Okay. I think. <laughs> so, so verse 12, so then beloved ones, the flesh has no claims on us at all and we have no further obligation to live in obedience to it. Wait, I'm going to read that again. There should be some cheering going on in this room. So then beloved ones, the flesh has no claim on us at all and we have no further obligation to live in obedience to it. Say so you're fired. <laughs> for when you live controlled by the flesh you're about to die but if the life of the spirit puts to death the corrupt ways of the flesh we then taste his abundant life and then it goes on in verse 14 the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of Holy Spirit stay there a minute 
Okay, what? The mature, mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance and folding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. And so what God's doing in this hour is because when he talks about this with mature children, it doesn't have to do with how much experience you've had. It doesn't have to do with how long you've been alive. It doesn't have to do with your age. It has to do with the people that are beginning to listen and move according to the impulses of Holy Spirit. When Holy Spirit speaks, then those people begin to move. They only do, just like Jesus, they only say, they only do what it is that the Father's doing. And so by those impulses... And, and, and an army of God is rising up on the earth and it's happening very quickly because they're learning to hear the voice of Holy Spirit and they've yielded their lives to that and whenever Holy Spirit speaks, that's the place they go, that's what they do. And the power of that then says that whatever God wants to do in that day, Father God says, this is, this is what I want to do today. Then through the blood of the Lamb, the Father releases it, and then Spirit of God speaks it to us, says He discloses the mysteries of the Father to us. He opens up the mysteries. He tells us exactly. So He's right there in, in, in the room listening to the dialogue, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and then Holy Spirit says, I'm about to tell you what's going on in the throne room. I'm about to talk to you about what's happening and what's on Papa's heart today. And that's where Jesus lived. He just lived in that place. And then Jesus says, guess what? You live in the same place and even greater things you're going to do. Part of the greater things is because of the power of the we, the power of us together. We together are going to hear exactly what Papa says, today is what I'm up to today. Through the blood, Holy Spirit speaks to you, all of us together, whether we're even together, whether we're even in the same room together, whether it doesn't make any difference, that's where we're walking, and then whatever it is God wants to do that day, it's going to happen all over the planet. All over the planet. All over the planet. Because God says something, he, it's not just about a one person, it's not just about one church, it's not just about one region, it's about the whole globe. Because He loves the whole world, He loves the earth, He loves the people of earth. Therefore, we're going to see major shifts happen very, very quickly. Yes. Because you are a mature people that are listening for the impulses of Holy Spirit. Can you see it? Can you see that in one moment God says to his people on the planet, this is what I want to do today. And just like Jesus walked around, showed us how, how it was took place, there's going to be a whole lot of, how do I say it, a whole lot of manifesting Jesus is walking around. <laughs> Mm-hmm.
We having fun? We are having fun. Um, I love um, preaching with you. I love standing here with you. <laughs> Where are we? Right here. Okay. Verse 17. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. That's a good one. We also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. There's a lot to be said there, but it's his sufferings. In other words, we're entering into what he's already accomplished. Can you hear that? There's a difference between, oh, okay, we all got to suffer. No, what we're entering into is the fullness of what his sufferings accomplished. Come on, get it, get it. I understand that we're going to go through trials. I understand that there's tribulations. I understand in the midst of that, God's working and He's conforming us to the image of His Son. But the sufferings of Jesus were enough. 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 Were they not? And so you're entering into the completeness of the fullness of the sufferings that needed to happen so that victory comes, so that we walk in victory. It's important for us to be able to see that. I love this other part of we share all his treasures. When I think about his treasures, if I gave you a treasure, it would be something that you could see, it could be something that you could touch. It would have substance to it. Is that true? If I said, hey, here, here's a treasure. And then God says that you were a vessel that literally, you're like a treasure chest. You contain His treasures. That's what Paul said in Corinthians. The very treasures of God are in you. So that means the very, and, and we use the word substance. The very substance of those attributes of Jesus then are actually yours. It's like when I said, um, I release love. I release perfect love, and perfect love casts out fear. That, does fear have a substance to it? You ever been in a room filled with fear? Huh? And the substance, it was in the atmosphere? Did you feel it? It was tangible, was it not? Have you not, in the last year and a half, entered into atmospheres that there was so much fear that it was tangible, you could actually feel it? That's not one of the treasures that's ours. No, then I'm just using love as an example. The attribute of Christ is mine. I don't have to do anything to get it. I don't have to perform. I don't have to, no, it's not magic. It is mine. The treasures are mine. So if the treasure of love is mine, that means in any place I go, I'm carrying it. I'm carrying it. You say, well, what about if I left it at home? Well, it's kind of impossible because you're going to leave the Holy Spirit at home. Oh, my God, I must have left love at home today. Everything in my brain and my emotions is saying there's none there because I, I really feel like choking somebody. You know? No, you're just listening to the wrong voices. And you're believing a lie because that treasure, that substance never leaves you. I'm sorry, you are packed. 
You are absolutely packed, people. You are packed with love. You are packed with joy. You are packed with peace. You're packed with patience. You're packed with long suffering. You're packed. You are loaded. And so then if it's a substance, it means when you walk into a place that is contrary to heaven, you're carrying the substance of heaven. So in the midst where you walk into, you release the substance of heaven. Peace is a substance. And when there's turmoil and there's tension and there's storms... And they're all around you and they can pop up like this. It can happen in a moment. You know, it can happen in your house. And all of a sudden, what happened here? And what you want to do is you're trying to figure out who's the person behind this. Well, you already know the person behind it. It's not flesh and blood. You don't want to blame it on the dog. You don't want to blame it on the spouse. You don't want to blame it on the children. You don't want to blame it on anybody else. No, no. Just it, This is the enemy and the substances here is one of turmoil Jesus didn't rise up out of the boat and have dialogue with the storm. Where did this storm come from? How did this happen? Which one of you disciples calls this thing? <laughs> why, why is the boat filled with this anxiety? He just stood up and said, peace be still. Come on, we're giving you some warfare weapons. We're giving you some warfare weapons for where we're headed. Because there's going to be a lot of disturbance. There's going to be a lot of people that don't understand. There's going to be a lot of confusion. And you are carrying a treasure that says, I just walk in and I'm just going to release the substance. I'm just going to release the substance. If, if I need to say something, I'll say it. I don't have to say anything. I just, just release it. That, you want to say, why was it that people walked by and got into his substance, got into his shadow? He was carrying the substance of the miracle working power of Jesus. At that moment, he didn't have to say anything. They ran into his substance and they got healed. Jesus didn't pr say pray for the sick. There's only one time in James where it talks about bringing them before the elders. We could teach on that. No, Jesus said what? Lay your hands on the sick and they will be healed. What is that? That's called I'm about to put some substance on you. <laughs> and the substance of the treasures of God are more powerful than anything of darkness. Anything that the enemy wants to do. Treasures. You are treasure carriers. And they're absolutely yours. So in this hour, practice it. Just practice it. Just begin practicing it wherever you end up, wherever you go. Do, you do know how to recognize atmospheres, right? You walk into one, you say, oh, wait a minute. And one of two things happens. It's a good one. You say, hey, I think I want to hang out here. Or it's a bad one and you want to get out, right? Well, if it's a bad one, Jesus wouldn't want to get out. Jesus would want to walk right in the middle of it and cause the demonic substance to have to go. Yeah, exactly. It's not like, oh, I got to get out of here. I can't take this anymore. I've had enough. I'm, I'm, I can't take it. I got to go out and, and get on my motorcycle, and I can't handle it. You're a, you're a chicken. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
No, you go right in the middle of it, recognize what it is, recognize that your fight is not against flesh and blood, and you're going to release a substance. Okay, so next time we're back here, I want to hear some testimonies from you coming to us and saying, I practiced it. I practiced what you said, and guess what? The atmosphere shifted. Because in the midst of atmosphere, people that are controlled by demonic atmosphere, you shift the atmosphere, all of a sudden their brain, start, they start thinking differently. They're like, what, what just happened? And you didn't stand up and yell at them, you didn't call them a sinner, you, you didn't go into a dialogue of preaching about how bad they are. No, you just changed the atmosphere and all of a sudden their brain went, whoa, wait a minute, I, it's like I can see clearly now. I can see clearly now, the Lord has come. <laughs> I shared his testimony with you. This was years back when I first heard this. And so I walk into a drugstore. I'm in line for some prescriptions from my uh, wife. My, my wife had, uh, she passed away in January of 2016. And um, so anyway, I'm going in, and I'm in this uh, drugstore to get some prescription medication. And so I walk in, and the front register is completely shut down. Nobody's there. So I go back to the back, and I'm going to stand in line. I'm like, there's this long line all the, all the way past the sound booth. And there's this long line there, and these people are agitated. I mean, they're agitated. One, one guy's there with a six-pack of beer. He's not supposed to have to stand in this line at the prescription counter to buy a six-pack of beer. So anyway, I'm watching this. I'm at the back of the line, and I'm looking, and I'm like, it is tense in the air right now. I'm telling you, it's like they're, they're, their dialogue is not good. I feel this hostility. I really am not here to see some kind of something break out in this drugstore that, you know, throwing fists or yelling at each other. So I'm just standing in the back, and I just took on what I just told you to take on. So I'm just standing there. I'm saying, okay, God, let, let's see if this works or not. And so I just began, by faith, releasing the substance of peace. I just, I did, just, I'm watching. I'm like, <sighs> just stand there. Don't say anything. And the atmosphere changes. It completely changes. The dialogue changes. Everything. And I'm like, God, that was cool. That was cool. So how many of you take the challenge? Come on, say, I'm going to do it. Just for the fun of it, I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to go into a wrecked atmosphere. And I'm just going to release the presence of the peace of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hmm. We want to go from here. It's five till twelve. Wait, I don't know. How long are we going? I don't know. Have you had enough? No. Not quite yet. No. We're going to give us. I heard over here, not yet. Marla's like, no. <laughs> not yet. <clears throat> I, I want to bring out something in this Romans passage, and, and that's that Paul, when he is giving us this dissertation, it's not to the individual, but he, he's using we. He, he's talking to a group. He's not just talking to the individual. And when we look at the issues with the war on words that we talked about out of Daniel, 
The, the enemy will go after one. He doesn't come to a whole group of people and, say, and deliver the word. It's, it's one individual that will feel isolated and alone, much like the, the one that Jesus had to go up after when he left the 99 behind. He went to that one that was operating as an I, as a solo person, and he brought the fullness of who he is, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, to him, and all of a sudden that one became a we. Why did he become a we? Because he was joined with the one who created him. See, in each one of us, we're not alone. You may feel when you are at home and, and you haven't seen the people at church, those that are of faith, and you, you're struggling with things, you may feel like you're, you're alone, but you have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit within you. You are never alone. So we're going to practice a little exercise. I want you to put your hand on your heart, and I, I, I'm going to do it for me, and then you're going to do it using your name. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in Kimberly Wilson equals we. So you did use yours, not your name. Yeah, right? don't use my name. <laughs> <laughs> I like my name, but don't <laughs> use your name. <laughs> let's, let's do that one more time, and I want you to just really, really feel that. Father, Father Son, Son, and, and Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit in equals we. we. Do you realize you're a four in one? Do you realize that you're outnumbered? <laughs> Do you realize that when the accuser of the brethren is coming your way, that he's not just coming at you? Get that. Hear it. When the accuser of the brethren is coming at you, he's not just coming at you. He's coming at Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So how do you handle that? You say, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, did you hear what he said? <laughs> Ooh. What do you have to say about that? Mm. <laughs> it takes can't touch this to a whole nother level. Can't touch this. This is what happens when musicians speak. <laughs> because you always work that way. I mean, you've heard everything about courtroom and all of that. We, we love all of that. But when you understand that the one who lives inside of you is the judge. The one who lives inside of you is the mediator. They live in, they're not distant from you. Yeah. They haven't pulled away from you. So when the, the accuser of the brethren recognizes that when he comes to try to accuse you with a war of words about things that are not true of you, when you turn around and say, he should have never done that. <laughs> Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in Richard Wilson equals we and you should not have gone there because now they're going to tell you about you and not about me. I mean, then all of a sudden, all of that, it begins to dissipate. Those firing words, those things, it'll work the same way. I understand you can say, well, I hear things coming from people. Well, just understand it's not flesh and blood. It's not flesh and blood. Don't get into the arena of flesh and blood. Just know that they're speaking words that at that moment they're allowing whatever the accuser to speak through them, but it's not them. So then, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and Richard Wilson equals we. I don't really think you want to talk that way to them. 
Can, can you feel the power of that? So what we've done, and in closing today, and one of the things we want to pray for you is what we have done is, because we've preached identity for so, decades, and everybody needs to know their identity. But they don't need to be stuck in identity. It needs to go to we-dentity. Because anything that God's doing on the planet is never just about you. It's about the we. With the things that I told you earlier, with what Papa's up to, what He's going to release through the blood of the Son, speak to Holy Spirit, will affect you, but it's never just about you. So when you begin to ask God and have dialogue with God, and you can put yourself in there. You can, you can ask questions. I told Constance, you can ask questions. Continue the dialogue with God. You can talk to Him. But when God comes back to speak to you, He's pulling you into the big storyline, and He's going to speak to, about, to you about your connection with the we. Well, that's what, when we go through personal trials and we overcome them, you know, it, it says in Revelations, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Well, we can say, my testimony is this, but the fact is, if you don't share that testimony, it doesn't touch anybody else. Your testimony is for the we. It's for the ones that are out there that need to hear that to set them free. There's also a principle in all of this of force multiplication. So if we can this. look some ratios here, I, I'm... I'm outnumbered three to one. Okay, Richard and I come together, and we're six to two. You have 10 people in the room, you have 30, 30 to 10, no, let, let, let's, yeah, <laughs> 30, 30, 30 to 10. And we have forced multiplication. I'm not sure how many people are in this room, but can you imagine the power of us when we come together and we all truly press in to hear what Holy Spirit is saying today and we pray together that way instead of letting our flesh be the ruler, what will we accomplish? What will happen if we all are tuned in and hearing what God is saying? You know, when Richard was talking earlier about how, you know, Holy Spirit will start speaking to people all in different areas around the world, and you start hearing the same word over and over again, I, I heard something, and this is kind of a, a warning and maybe something we may need to repent from, but I, you know, I've been training intercessors for 12 years. That's the, God called me to start Watchmen Rise to raise up a new breed of intercessors. So that's been the focus of my life for 12 years. And I have heard a lot of interesting things in, in prayer meetings, but... We tend to take ownership of what we hear from Holy Spirit. And we're like, oh no, I got that first. Or I heard that. Instead of Holy Spirit is speaking to all of us, the we, and coming into that agreement, we, want it, we, we get kind of prideful with it. And we're like, I, wait, I hit it. I heard better than the other one did. Or I saw it better than the other one did. That's ridiculous. We're all part of the same body. Ridiculous. And so, so Lord, where, where we have been off in how we've received from you and how we've made it about I. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Lord, we just ask today that you clear, you clear our vision, that you focus us today to see the we in all of it, that you died for a body, not just for one, but you died for your body, for your bride. And so, Lord, we just ask that uh, the, those things that 
are echoes from the past, those, those bad teachings that we've had, the lies from the enemy of you can't hear God or you can't say this and you can't do that. Lord, we just say let those things just fall by the wayside. Uh-huh. The illusions of the past, let them just be blown away. And that, Lord, that we may be ones that are speakers of truth and your words in the days ahead. You know, we're in the decade of the mouth. This is in the, the Hebraic calendar. It's the, the decade of the mouth. It's really important that our speech is pure, that it's holy, and that we're speaking his words more than ever before. And so, Lord, we just thank you for guarding our mouths, that what comes out reflects that which you're putting in, that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is releasing through each and every one of us. So why don't you stand up with us as we close? I'll turn it over to Jerry. As we stand here together today, Father, we don't stand as an I, we stand as a we. We yield to the truth that you have called us to be a body, that we are important to each other and we function together. And so, Father, forgive us where we have isolated. Forgive us where we have seen ourselves as not connected. God, we just agree today, God, that by your blood, by the accomplishment of your Son, that there's never a time that we are not connected. We are connected to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but we are connected to each other. And therefore, from that connection, we can see, God, that your army is mighty across the earth. That we are connected in such a powerful way, listening to the voice of the Father. And so, God, any, anything in the room that has tried to silence your voice for people, that has taken them and, and tried to remove them from, from the power of, of the togetherness, today, Kimberly and I say, it's finished, it's over, it's done. We silence the voices of the ridicules of man. We silence the voices of religious spirits. We silence every word speaking at them, bombarding them, that comes forth from the place of darkness, from the place of lies. We together today, all together for each other in this room, we release the substance of truth. We say, truth be. Truth be. The voice of truth be for every single person that is here this morning. They have been created by the one who is truth. So therefore their very DNA at the core of their being resonates to truth. And so God, we thank you that today that every frequency of lies or deception that try to come, that their spirit man will reject it, recognize it, recognize it quickly. And Father, that then there will be a pronouncement from their spirit man of who they are and what truth is, who truth is. And so Father, we thank you for this place this morning that you are raising up a family, a community, but a warring, worshiping community that, God, are not disconnected in any way from the rest of your body. Come on. We're not disconnected in any way from the rest of your body. We embrace your body. You say, Jesus, you're going to bring forth the manifestation of the oneness of your body. And we agree with that, God. We're in. We're completely in. We yield to supernatural unity of your body in this hour.